Blog Talk Radio. having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to you, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, 
objectivist pan-Africanism to total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. Father Brother Anthony, we now have Brother Haki. Welcome to Africa on the Move. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Haiki Kamal from Ashoki, currently with African Awareness. And of course, my thing is all about institution building because I think institutions are indispensable if we're talking about um, liberating ourselves from these oppressive conditions. So we often encourage people to build institutions because without those institutions, uh, the likelihood of surviving this chaotic uh, system becomes become that much more problematic. So we need institutions, and I encourage people to get about the business of building institutions. And next we have Brother Moses. We'd like to welcome him to Africa on the Move in this special program. Welcome, Brother Moses. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Africa, and greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice. A special greetings to the panelists, these illustrious scholars and revolutionaries. I, I bear witness that there's one God, Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and that Mao Zedong is his messenger for government. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. Um, fathers, help okay. your children. Thank you for allowing me to be on this one more time, Brother Africa. No problem. Okay, Palace, what we're going to do right now, we're just going to talk in general, and we may have other people join us later, and we will try to reach, reach out to others as we go through this program. What we're going to talk about is and that is the question of what it means to be in solidarity with people and movements and this whole question of unity. So, you know, many people have different conceptions of solidarity, what it means, what it looks like. I would first like to ask each one of you your definition of solidarity. What does that mean and what does that look like? Start with you, Anthony. Sure. Solidarity means... um uh, prov- uh, providing uh, mutual support or assistance to uh, to fellow groups of people that are fighting against a common problem or common enemy. Okay, brother Aki, you take. Yeah, well, I think solidarity is all about the recognition that there's a primary problem. There is a primary context in respect to which society is organized and understanding that in order to remedy uh, these problems confronting humanity, then people working in concert uh, is the only way to bring about a resolve. So, consul- so to be consolidated is to simply understand the nature of the beast, to understand the complexity of the problem that we're confronted with, and to work with other people who have a similar understanding in terms of the necessity in terms of uh, change as related to human beings on this planet. Yes, and Brother Moses, what do you mean by the word solidarity? Solidarity means to me that you have a firm, un, uncompromised position, and uh, everybody is on board with it, and uh, there's a united front, um, and uh, there's no wavering, but the, everybody is focused on the issue and on point. Uh Democratically minded people who who basically they just want elections and um, socialists and communists. You know, 
we all have to be against fascism. We got to be against fascism. And, uh, you know, Trump represents the decaying, moribund finance capital that is that is on its way out. And that's what fascism is, the open tyranny of finance capital. It's, it's uh, capital that's financing stuff that we should, that's destroying the planet, that's killing us. But yet we, we got the various industries they want to keep going in spite of the fact that they're decaying. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to keep going on and on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now, Prentice, when we talk about solidarity, can you give us some concrete, can you give us some concrete examples in terms of what that look like when we talk about solidarity? What does that really look like? Brother Hackey, uh, when we talk about solidarity, what does that really look like, Brother Hackey? Yeah, well, I, I, I what's out there it looks like I think it takes uh, takes different forms. I mean, keep in mind that uh, there are ideology, ideological differences that that exist. To the extent those ideology those ideological differences exist, uh, you may not see eye to eye on everything across the board, even if you have a general understanding in terms of under, the necessity in terms of eliminating the major contradiction, which is capitalism. But based upon your understanding, your ideological understanding, then the the then what you then what you do in terms of bringing about that change is it's not only going to vary, but it's it's going to uh it's it, 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 some of it may even be symbolic. So when I say symbolic I mean that, you know, if if for instance if you have collective um you know uh collective uh, groups getting together just to discuss for the community issues pertinent to the community. Uh you may disagree ideologically, but in terms of your in terms of the United Front that you present it serves wonder. It serves, serves. Excuse me. It serves wonders in terms of the ability to actually convey to the community the importance in terms of real change taking place in society. So that kind of consolid, that consolid, solidarity is, is is very very useful. So uh, that is that is probably my response to your question, brother. Okay, as we said earlier, we will have different friends and supporters calling in, sharing their views and perspectives on this program, Solidarity Unity. And we're doing a test run to, for African Liberation Day this weekend. And I think we have one of our callers and participants who have just signed in and joined us. And we're going to recognize our participant by the last four numbers, caller 2145. Welcome to Africa on the Move. Caller 2145, introduce yourself to our listening audience. Hello, caller. You just dial in. Call the last four numbers we have on our board is 2145. Question or comments? We'd like to hear your thoughts on what it means to be in solidarity and be in unity with something. Okay, I guess we'll come back to our listening caller. Okay, Brother Anthony, you were going to say something about this question of what does solidarity look like? Yeah, what it looks like, concre- uh, give a couple of concrete examples. Uh, uh, Cuba uh, provides uh, health care uh, assistance to several de- uh, countries around the world, uh, particularly in the Caribbean, uh, Central South America, and Africa. 
uh, and uh, uh, and uh, again the fight against such common problems, such as uh, various diseases like Ebola. Uh, uh, let's see the effects of hurricanes and other uh, natural disasters. Okay, we have our sister Celine on the board. We'd like to welcome our sister Celine. Celine, welcome to Africa on the Move. Welcome. Oh, good evening. Good, good uh, evening, everyone. I'm good so happy evening. to be part of your of your program this evening, Brother Lee. It has been long. I have not been feeling fine, so I've been absent for long. But I'm happy to be amongst you this evening. Good, good. We're um, happy to hear you. It, yes. Are you getting me? Yes. Go ahead, Celine. Finish your thought. Hello. Yes, Celine. Go okay. ahead. Finish your thought. Okay. Sister, Sister Celine. Yes. When people talk yes. about being, when people talk about being in support and being in solidarity with someone or with a movement or with the people, when people talk about solidarity, what does that mean to you from an African perspective? No, when people uh, say that they're in support of you, it means that. You have some people who are with you that you are not alone, that what you are doing is good. And you have people who are supporting you, behind you. That's what it means. It gives you power. It gives you strength to continue what you are doing. You know that people are realizing and recognizing what you are doing. And you will be interested to do the work more and more. Okay. Now, what is the difference from your perspective, Celine, when we say solidarity and when we say unity? How are those two words similar, and are there any difference between them, between being in unity and being in solidarity? I think uh, unity is a, a very strong word. United we stand, divided we fall. Unity has power. And when people are united, they have strength, they have power, they have everything. Oh, there's a saying in our country that when you speak, uh, one stick, you broke it easily. But when you pick a bundle of sticks, you will not be able to break it because it is big, it is strong. So unity is strength. When people okay. are united, they are very powerful. Yeah. Okay, Brother Moses, how do you equate the differences and similarities between solidarity and being in unity or something? Brother Moses. Well, we're talking about, you know, solidarity is, like I said, that's you're firm, you're not wavering, that's solid, solid as a rock. But, like, but when you're in unity, you, you, uh, it implies that basically you're united around something that's, not uh, um, that has contradictions in it. There's contradictions, and uh, and uh, but you're united uh, to 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 deal with the contradictions, with the issues, 
And uh, for instance, there's a world community, community, C-O-M, unity. And uh, we we have to we have to uh, struggle to get justice for everybody, unite the many to defeat the few, recognize that it's the masses of people that will make world history, and get about uniting people to uh, make revolution. I'll leave it there. Okay. Let's talk about making a better humanity for all human beings. When we look at the problems today, what's going on in different countries, what countries, what are some of the similarities of all these countries in terms of their difficulties? How can we all work together as one group to overcome many of the problems that exist in various countries of the world? For example, Brother Haki, when we look at a country like Cameroon and we look at a country like the United States, then we look at a country like Brazil, then we look at another country like France. Many of the people who live in those countries are having all kinds of social problems, issues, and conditions. And they all are fighting for one thing in common, to have a better way or a better life of living. How do we look at these problems that are distant in terms of in terms of the geographical um, areas, but closely connected in terms of the essence of the problems. Yeah, well, I, I, I think I think yeah, I think that's key. The essence is key. I think unless you understand the essence, then it's quite difficult to propagate uh, you know uh, strategies in terms of moving forward. So one of the things all those countries have to do, and one of the things they have in common certainly is is, is the uh, the, the devastation left behind by capitalism. And one of the things is that there's a reluctance among many countries to acknowledge uh, that this kind of um, programmatic uh, destruction of life, uh, programmatic destruction of human uh, human environments uh, is something that's endemic to the capitalist system. And so, therefore, until they recognize that, then they, they continue to acquiesce to you know, the capitalist principles, which, in fact, are very, very destructive. So countries have to first and foremost recognize that in order to be to be free, in order to have a better societies, in order to alleviate poverty, in order to ensure that the, the people are educated, then you have to destroy capitalism. Unless you do that, there's no way conceivable in terms of bringing about the uh, kind of redress or bringing about the better world that you seek. So I think the common denominator among all these countries is that this, the, prolif- the, uh, the uh, proliferation of capitalism, uh, you know, uh, in its midst. So I think to the extent that uh, capitalism uh, rules, capitalism values pervade society, I think those societies that incorporate capitalism are, uh, are, are bound to uh, uh, have the kind of problems that are affiliated with capitalism. So I think, first and foremost, people have to understand the destructive nature of capitalism and seek for something different, something other than capitalism, which is socialism. I'm going back to Celine for a second, then we're coming back to Brother um, Anthony. Sister Celine, when we look at the issue in Cameroon, and particularly how in most countries when things go bad, it really affects women and children, how can people unite and work with the brothers and sisters in Cameroon to deal with their problems, while at the same time to deal with the problems that are going on in their country and their world? How can they work together? What's the commonality? Um, I want to say that what is bringing problems 
oh, in the whole world, in all the countries, is because, first of all, oh, people are too dependent. People depend on their government and they feel that the government can do everything for them. Oh, secondly, uh, people are lazy. They don't want to work. Many people are lazy. They feel that they can just sit and have everything that they want. And the third thing is that uh, the government, on its own hand, is not providing jobs for its people. If people have enough jobs, there will be no problem. People will not be fighting and quarreling. So if the government can create jobs, enough jobs, if we can create enough jobs for people, I think there will be no problem. People will be concentrated with their jobs. They will have enough money. They will have enough food to eat. They will not go into the bushes to be fighting. So what is destroying the whole world? And people are fighting. To me, this is how I reason it out, that it's because of laziness, it's because of dependency, it's because of, uh, it's because of, the government not playing its own part that it's supposed to do, not carrying its own part, not creating jobs for its country, not taking the, the, the problems of the people into into its own hands to see that how can I solve the problem of my country? Uh, like, for example, let me say uh, on the 29 of this May, uh, the president of my country was addressing people because of uh, coronavirus, and he said something that I was so happy about it because he supported uh, the African traditional medicine and said people should go ahead with treating people of that uh, uh, COVID-19 with African medicine. Uh, in some countries, they are afraid of World Health Organization. But he was not afraid. He gave the authority for those who have the African medicine to treat people with it. At least, with this encouragement, it will encourage those who have this medicine to go into more research so they can come up with more medicine. And if they are coming up with medicine, they are going to employ other people. Other people will, will be employed or be employment in that area. And then it will help the country. Okay. Brother Anthony, Sister Celine said some interesting things in terms of trying to figure out how people around the world from various countries can support one another and overcome the, some of the difficulties they are facing. I would like to you speak to two issues. Number one, uh, people who some people may be, may be perceived as being lazy. Is that a natural phenomenon or is that a condition that uh, a condition that is created? And two, what do you make of this whole responsibility that uh, there are too much reliance on governments in various countries and people can and should do more as individuals? What is your response to that, Anthony? Uh, the, pro- uh, the problem is primarily uh, of an, ideolo- uh, an ideological one. Uh, in terms of people uh, being uh, lazy, I think that uh, that's a, a result of uh, of uh, 
uh, of the of the propaganda and miseducation by the enemies of the of the people, the anti people as uh, as Secretary re- referred to them, and that is those groups of individuals that are out for themselves and don't care about uh, the majority of the people in the community in which from which they come and where they live. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, the result of this, uh, anti-people ideology is that it, uh, that it it, it, it imbues people with a sense of despondency and dependence and subsistence. Uh, really in order to bring about change or revolution, people have to have the desire to live not just you know uh survive and that means being a uh, being able to to develop to your fullest human potential without trampling upon other in human beings right to develop to his or her fullest human potential and uh and 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 it's really uh you know uh bourgeois ideology uh, in the in form of educational institutions and uh, and media that uh, that that impose this subsistence mentality, which uh, which induces laziness and dependency, and people look for uh, for the easy way out instead of uh, struggling for genuine independence which could only come about through the unification of Africa under scientific socialism. But no one individual can do this by him or herself. It has to be an organized effort of the entire, uh, of the majority of the people working together in unity. Okay. Brother Moses, one of the issues we can see during this last century is the issue of wars. Wars are being fought all over the world and are killing people, dividing families, making children become orphans, etc., etc., etc. Would it make sense if the oppressed people of the world would take a position on they would fight no more wars because it doesn't benefit the masses of the people? I think it would be good if we could get to the point where there was justice all over the world and the issues that pop up all over the world could be resolved without fighting and war. Um, Unfortunately, that may or may not be the case. Uh, And it seems like, you know, as a dialectical and historical materialist, I suspect that, uh, you know, differences of opinions are going to arise. But nevertheless, you know, I want to say... Fundamentally, it's a fundamental unit um, uh, in the political economy because people are what what makes the economy go. And we, the fundamental political unit, of when when there's a a child, that child has a mother and a father, and uh, you need to train up that child so that they honor their mother and their father 
by getting married before they have a child. Now, you know, W.E. Du Bois wrote a book about the souls of black folks and stuff and analyzed the condition of black lives and stuff. And uh, it's very interesting. And uh, um, But I just think, you know, the fundamental unit, if we could just start now, because this is a very good time to teach children this. This is good because we've been through this isolation thing, and uh, it's time for reasoning and reasoning and not this anarchy of production, which which uh which which, which the children are subjected to anarchy of production. They're just producing kids out of just it, just like rabbits or something. It's not civilized, and so you know I'm saying honor your mother and your father by getting married before you have a baby, and we need to teach the children that. Everyone, each one, teach one. Thank you. You're not on the air. Yeah, for the next person, Brother brother Haki, take the issue of how can Africa unite? And be a soldier to one another. That's most important. Well, there's a big complex about Africa. The most obvious response would be that um, we have to recognize the general, the general um, despair uh, that most uh, most human society has endured, particularly African people. And of course, in understanding that, then we have to move towards systems which sort of uplift humanity and make it possible to achieve those things that. Humanity desires, whether it be education, whether it be destroying poverty, or people having access to quality housing. So those kind of things come to realization when people understand there's a problem. So the struggle, I think, for people across the globe, particularly African people, is to recognize that you have a system inherently in place, a capitalist system which is geared toward the destruction of those those values which we hold dear and we hold positive. So. So until we destroy those, those that value system, until we destroy that system, then what remains is a system which says that the destruction of education, the destruction of the human soul, destruction of possibility in terms of human housing, those kind of things become, as far as the capital is concerned, an abstraction. And so, therefore, they're not really important to, in terms of delivering to the masses of people around the world. So, therefore, we have to have to create struggle for a different paradigm which says that humanity is is Humanity is, is here to stay. Humanity is important. Humanity has value. And until we get to that state, then I'm, I'm afraid that we're pretty much uh, com, 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 uh, comfortable with, uh, accepting uh, kind of, uh, all kind of uh, ideas which suggest that certain human beings, uh, by virtue of, of geography, by virtue of ethnicity, by virtue of class, have a right to a decent life with those masses of people who are not born into those circumstances don't have any right whatsoever in terms of you know, living a life of, of human dignity. So I think we have to fundamentally challenge this notion that some people have a right to live a good life and other people should be uh, uh, confined to misery and, and, and torture. So I think there has to be a, a fundamental real awakening in terms of how society should be organized. You know, Celine, you in a real um, serious situation in terms of your country, Cameroon. Can you just give us a general update what's happening? But more importantly, Celine, how do you see the importance of African countries working with each other and trying to solve the problems internally within their borders? 
First of all, I want to say that the problem in my country now is a problem. The highest problem now is the problem of conflict and I see um, that people, uh, businesses are shut down, people are living in houses. It's not easy, especially those who are doing small businesses, even with the government, even hotels, everything is down. The economic of the country is going backward and not forward. Uh, so it's very difficult. So many people are hungry. People don't have even food to eat. Um, I want to say that uh, to unite uh, Africa, for African countries to be united is that, first of all, let the Africans, first of all, love their continent. The love of Africa is not in the heart of Africans. They don't love their continent. Yesterday, I saw on WhatsApp a group of uh, Cameroonian girls crying in Taiwan. Is it Taiwan or Kuwait? Taiwan. Oh. That the gov- yeah, Kuwait. Crying that the government should come and collect them. There were about 10 of them in one room. And they bed, small, small beds inside like a... Uh, like a dormitory. I ask myself, you are crying for the government to come and take you back. Who sent you there? Why did you go there? Are people not living in Cameroon? Are people not here? Are people not having jobs here? Are people not living well back here in Cameroon? I remember when I came to the United States and God asked me to come back to Cameroon. I've done a lot in this country since I came back. So I want to say that the first thing that we have to, we Africans have to do to unite is that we, first of all, have to love the Africa. We have to love our countries, our motherland, our fatherland. We have to have that first love in us that we love our country. When you see, for example, we have so many people that were sent by our uh, government for further studies to go to overseas and study different, different type of uh, crafts and come back and bring development. When they went, none of them came back. And that's why the government sees the scholarship and is no more giving to uh, Cameroonian uh, students to go out of the country and study. So we don't love our country. We keep complaining. Who will come and develop Africa for us? Who will come and unite the African for us? When we go out and we don't want to come back and do the work that we are supposed to do, who will do the work for us? Except we uh, love the African country, and then we decide to invest back in Africa. We decide to invest and love one another. Take, let me say, I take somebody from Nigeria as my brother, as my sister. I take somebody from Sudan as my brother and my sister, and they will be able to unite in Africa and live together and build Africa. That's what I think. Well, let me let me say that um, you know I'm into civil rights. Civil rights, you know, the state, the government, you know, um, uh, if you if you're trying to make changes, you know, you need you need to uh, deal with the government sooner or later, uh, and and people, the people united will never be defeated. That's the bottom line. But uh, but we got to stand up for our rights. We got to get up, stand up for our rights. And not you not give up the fight, and uh, because uh, 
you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm concerned about the children. I, I see children crying and, and, uh, insecure and, uh, and, uh, people, it's, uh, what is it? People coming home in a heated rush or something. Um, they just want to, um, uh, make babies and, and, uh, they're just continuously, like continuous revolution or something, where where there's no no uh, solid um, time where you consolidate your your situation and say we need to sum up this situation and get married before we make this baby, and um, and um, and teach the children to get to the same to be the same way. Uh, I just know in the U.S. of A. it's possible. I know around the world people are struggling in their governments. Um, um, you know, aren't in, aren't in as good a shape uh, uh, in terms of uh, the the institutions of the government. Uh, the institution of marriage, for instance, uh, is not as it may not be as developed as developed in uh, in. Uh, some countries as as in it's in the US because we're a superpower. We're five percent of the of the world and yet we 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 you know, we we're a superpower and so and we have to recognize that and be compassionate and empathize and have some kind of altruism and and feed the people of the world, you know. Um I you know, I, I the revolutionary demand is feed food for people not for profit. That's the revolutionary demand, um, but anyway, it takes some doing to work out that kind of system. Um, anyway, I'm going to leave it right there. Okay, participant, I'm going to pause for a second. We're trying to reach out to our brother in Trinidad. The number you have dialed is not in service. Please check the number and try your call again. Thank you. All right, we'll come back to again. Well, meanwhile, let's continue to carry on the discussion as it relates to this whole question. The number you have dialed is not in service. Please check the number and try your call again. Yeah, okay. We're back. We're learning and working out on this technology. So bear with us. This is the test run. As we begin to prepare for African Liberation Day this weekend, we want to encourage all our listening audience to please call in. On Friday from 7 to 10, not to call in, but to listen in. And listen in on Friday and listen in on Saturday from 7 to 10, Friday night and 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. Time, Saturday, May 22nd, 23rd. Um, Brother Anthony, when we say solidarity, we say unity, one word comes to mind for African people as the word of Pan-Africanism. How does that fit into scheme? With Pan-Africanism, would that automatically bring about the kind of unity and solidarity that African people need? And will there be also a forward, a forward movement towards unifying the good for all humanity? Pan-Africanism is the Africans' contribution toward unifying all of humanity to get rid of capitalism in all of its forms. Uh, Sister Celine made some very good points about how uh, how it's important for Africans to have a positive image of Africa. 
It is because of capitalism and all of its manifestations that Africans do not like Africa or are taught to dislike Africa or taught to disparage it. And that is because of uh, capitalist propaganda and uh, exploitation of Africa by the forces of capitalism that enable uh, capitalists to maintain a very high standard of living uh, at the expense of uh, countries in Africa, Central South America, the Caribbean, and Asia. So Pan-Africanism is, uh, is very important and, uh, and it's necessary in order to bring about the end of imperialism. And uh, that can only be achieved by Africans taking control of the education of our youth so that they no longer feel that uh, they no longer have an, a negative image of Africa. Africans to have a negative uh, 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 image of Africa uh, at the end of the day have a negative image of themselves and it shows them how they carry themselves so the problem uh, the, the key to the problem is the political education and organization of the masses of our people to achieve uh, a, a unified socialist Africa Brother Haki, your response to the question of Pan-Africanism and how it plays a role in not only unifying Africans, but also the understanding of making humanity better. How does that play a role from your perspective? Yeah, uh, Pan-Africanism is important because it's simple, it, it speaks to the restructuring, you know, the global financial system. We're organized Africa in control, Africa's in position to only, not only set prices of commodities throughout the world, but to dictate to, 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 to peoples around the world that a certain type of humanity is expected in terms of uh, how government should function. So Africa holds in its hand the power to do all of that. But, in, but in order to do that, Africa, first and foremost, must understand, you know, uh, is, 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 his, is his obligation to humanity. I think when you look at African history, it's very, very clear the African uh, desire in terms of uh, recognizing, you know, human beings uh, human, or human worth, I think is extraordinary. So Africa has a long history of doing that. So I think Pan-Africanism is just an extension of this African philosophy which says that all human beings are important. So if all human beings are important and if you have a situation where you can actually control your resources and you set your commodity prices, uh, not only can you do that in terms of bringing about a redress in terms of the human suffering that's taking place around the world, but you also include a situation where um, all those problems that are affiliated with Africa, in particular when we talk about you know poverty, when we talk about not having access to, to, to quality homes, uh, not having access uh, to health care, all those things as important to human beings, that Africa being the driver's seat in terms of being able to provide those things for its people. But, it's, but it calls for, first and foremost, an understanding, you know, that, uh, you know, Africa has a vital role to play in, in the world's affairs. And keep in mind that you and I understand that when we talk about Africa, we're talking about the cradle of civilization because we understand all of the started in Africa. So when we talk about universities and we talk about scientists and we talk about mathematics, we talk about, uh, you know, agriculture, we talk about libraries, we talk about all, this, you know, places of great learning. All the stuff started in Africa. So because we have been misled to a large extent in terms of our history, 
we don't understand that. And so, therefore, we tend to gravitate toward uh, those Western uh, ideas. And, and, and we tend to pop them up because we believe that uh, Africa has something of value, that only the West has something of value to offer. So once we dispel this notion that, you know, that, uh, that Africa has something to offer, then we teach it to our children. And teaching our children in terms of, you know, the greatness of Africa, uh, that Africa always, historically has been a very great place, that Africa can be great once again, but it's going to take work. But I think once kids understand the, the, the significance of the history, then they'll come to conclude, come to understand the greatness of Africa and will actually want to live in Africa and not live in the West. So you know, I think those kind of, I think that has to happen. I think that's key. But not just Africans in, in, on the continent, but Africans throughout the diaspora must understand the history of Africa in, in terms of greatness and the move toward, you know, um, uh, achieving that uh, greatness once again. But that can only be achieved once we realize, you know, that uh, a lot of these philosophies, particularly Western philosophies that we adopt, are not necessarily uh, in the best interest of Africa. So once we do that, I think we'll be in the driver's seat in terms of being able to achieve uh, pan-Africanism. You know, Celine, to Sister Celine, the next couple of weeks all around the world, people could be celebrating this great institution called African Liberation Day. I know last year y'all had a beautiful African Liberation Day from what I have seen. And give us, can you give us an idea of what y'all plan on doing this year for African Liberation Day and why should people celebrate African Liberation Day from your perspective? We still have Sister Celine with us. I think we may have lost her, so hopefully she can get a chance to come back in. But brother, brother Moses, we'll start with you with that question. Why should people celebrate Africa? Why should people celebrate oh, Africa? I think we should we should remember the heroes of Africa. You know the Kwame Ture. We should remember the, le- the great leadership. The that. That has been provided by African leadership that, who looked at their conditions and and uh, expressed courageously, spoke po- spoke truth to power, and uh, some even got killed for it. But you know, we the struggle continues, and uh, we should be we should be um, uniting to win further victories. Brother Anthony, your response to the same question. The importance of African Liberation Day, and what do your organization have planned for this year for African Liberation Day? Okay. Uh, African Liberation Day was created uh, to mark the onward progress of achieving Pan-Africanism, which is uh, a a united socialist Africa. And, uh, And in that spirit, the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party, GC, in conjunction with the National Council of Arab Americans, are organizing a commemoration of African Liberation Day and Palestine Not by Day 2020. Our theme this year is Not Yet Uhuru, Not Yet Freedom, Not Yet Liberation, in Combat with women's and youth oppression, imperialism, colonialism, neocolonialism, settler colonialism, and Zionism worldwide. Uh, these are the major impediments toward achieving Pan-Africanism. 
And uh, so we're going to have uh, presentations uh, through, uh, during the next couple of days in which uh, representatives from various uh, political organizations and uh, artistic uh, 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 presentations from various cultural workers will be featured highlighting uh, the, impo- uh, uh, the work that's being done to fight against uh, uh, the, uh, the, the enemies of humanity, such as settler colonialism, neocolonialism, imperialism, women, women's and youth oppression, and Zionism. And people can find out more information about this by visiting our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org. And Brother Haki, your response on the Fourth African Liberation Day in the context of having solidarity and unity among people. Your response is to the institution and the importance of it. I think, uh, you know, um, African Liberation Day is very, very important. Uh, one of the things is, you know, that it's important to recognize is that longevity has its place when it comes to, you know, in terms of, you know, these kind of institutions. Because it gives rise to the notion that, you know, that the struggle is not dead. I mean, often the uh, adversaries, the enemies of freedom, will try to uh, create a narrative which suggests that these kind of institutions no longer exist. So as long as you have brothers and sisters out here, you know, you know uplifting that institution uh, in terms of, you know, its viability, in terms of importance, importance of the institution, then people around the world get the message that this institution is not only important but a necessity in terms of our people moving forward. So, therefore, its, it's significance is incalculable. It's very, very important. So we, so we, we're very grateful that brothers and sisters actually, you know, maintain you know institutions, organizations which are geared toward the uplifting of African Liberation Day, uh, and this is something that's uh, duplicated throughout the world. And so, therefore, its importance cannot be cannot be understood. So, I think it's very, very important, just from a from, just from a a a a, 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 a conscientious perspective, uh, that it's important that people understand. You know, that this drive in terms of human dignity, this drive for human accountability, this drive in terms of a better world is very much uh, at play here. So, no one should be deceived to believing that. Uh, no one uh, is uh, concerned about the fate of humanity. So I think African Liberation Day does a very good job in terms of you know, just reminding people of significance in terms of why change is so important uh, throughout the world and not just on the continent. All right, panelists, we're going to try to see if we can reach out to one of our friends and supporters, see if they have any comments they'd like to make. Our sister, I'll fill in and get her response. For the calls, and when we do, we'll come back and continue our discussion. MWM. Sister Empress, welcome to Africa on the Move. We are doing a test run on for African Liberation Day this weekend, and today is the test run to talk a little bit about what do you think about this whole question of what it means to be in solidarity and unity. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What a question. Well, to be in solidarity, I mean, we we hear those words a lot, but certainly looking at 
what we're presently experiencing, uh, obviously, that's not something that's really being demonstrated as much and as well as it should be. So uh, we have an idea about what it means, but, but, but what is the actuality of it? And so it is certainly something that we have to now do and strive for much, much more than what we have in, in recent years. I think we've seen in the past, we've seen some greater examples of solidarity uh, as it pertains particularly to our people. Uh, but it does seem that we are more apt to be more in solidarity with other people than with us as a people first. So solidarity for me represents that that we can agree, even to disagree at times, but to agree that we have a common that isn't, isn't really common but definitely uh, quite dangerous enemy. That, that that is something that we all need to know and understand. That's a part of that solidarity that we move towards. And in that, move to make certain that oppression, that the type of manipulation that we're seeing presently, of course, and, and, and more importantly, the destruction, the, the murder, etc., cetera, uh, to strive to end that, to first lessen it, but then ultimately to rid of it all together, to implement the things that we know is correct and best for us as a people, and, and with that to be able to be in harmony with others of similar and like minds. So that, that for me, Brother Africa, is, is solidarity, to, to make the commitment to make certain that there is not just commitment, but continual uh, ongoing striving to, to do what our ancestors demonstrated for us to do, and to do it by any and all means necessary. And before we let you go, Sister Empress, your response to how will you be planning on celebrating for next week or so African Liberation Day? And why is that important? Well, People. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, it's about action now. What, what are we going to do? What is the kind of activities that we can now look at to bring us into a more harmonious and, and again, in a more consolidated state of being and action? And so some of the things that we're going to be doing is holding sessions that, that look at some of the history, some of the history of those greats that advocated and, and demonstrated uh, Pan-Africanism that demonstrated black liberation. Uh, we're going to be holding sessions via our radio program as well as, uh, of course, the virtual uh, apparatuses that are now in place to really look closer at some of the work, again, that those uh, who have come before us, uh, both in, in recent time and certainly from a historical perspective. So that's one of the key things that we're looking at doing in addition to launching several new programs, several new things that's going to enable us to get some of the work done, apparatuses that will particularly connect black women, our sisters, throughout the diaspora in such a way that we can be more supportive to one another, realistically, in a way that we are able to provide uh, micro-loans, that we are able to provide uh, educational materials and tools, information on health. How are we going to grow our own food now? So we're in the process of creating a global African women's marketplace where sisters all over the country can now send us their products so that we can help market 
what they're making and creating all over the world. Other women are doing that with our women. And, and unfortunately, of course, our women are being exploited as a result with this fair trade thing. I mean, who, who's, really, who's really being fair to? And so we've created mechanisms, again, to really put a damper in some of that kind of activity. So, again, in talking about solidarity, we have to, we have to talk about what are we going to do? What can we do in our communities? How are we looking at helping to better help our elders to be safer? things of that nature. So we're creating circles so that we can have time to sit with the elders to hear their stories, stories of their experiences, and particularly to have the children to hear some of those stories. These are the types of things that help to build better solidarity. And again, it has to be holistic. It has to be right in your hood and then, of course, worldwide. Okay, Sister Infantry, thank you for your contribution to today's program. Of course, we look forward to hearing you on the upcoming weekend, and we continue to celebrate African Liberation Day. Thank you for your contribution. Uh, to it's a group. pleasure and an honor. Thank you, Brother Africa. All right, bye bye. I audience, <laughs> as you as you say, as you listen to Sister Empress talking about her perspective on what it means being solidarity and unity, and a little bit about African Liberation Day, we'd like to hear yours. You can do that by calling in. This is the test run. We're testing some of the tools so we can be better equipped to serve our people. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to pause for the calls, and when we come back, we will continue the discussion with our panelists tonight on what it means to be in solidarity and unity. This is a special test run of Africa on the world. We'll be right back. And he was taken from 
special edition on Africa on the Moon and the theme tonight we are discussing is dealing with solidarity and unity. What does that mean? In the process of doing this, this is a specialized program. We test on certain things so we can get a better, be better equipped in terms of how to take the best use of the technology available. So from time to time, we're going to be reaching out to our friends, allies, and trying to get their perspective on this concept. So we're going to continue discussion. Um, let's just start with Brother brother Anthony and Haki. We look at what's going on in the world today as we look at this coronavirus. There seems to be a lack of solidarity among many countries of the world while facing a issue that can wipe out all mankind. How do y'all explain that phenomenon? Brother Anthony, then Haki? Sure. Um, what uh, capitalism forces are using the coronavirus pandemic as a cover to to carry out uh, warlock policies against uh, countries of the world that dare to pursue their own independent path of development, and uh, and they're trying to discourage. Uh, country uh, countries that express solidarity with other people around the world, such as Cuba and uh, China and Venezuela. But uh, the counter uh, to that, again, is to organize, intensify the struggle to achieve uh, solidarity and unify with the oppressed people around the world. And uh, this is what uh, African Liberation Day, Palestine Day Nakba does. It helps to galvanize the forces that are opposed to exploitation to, to fight together to eliminate the scourges of humanity. In response to this phenomenon, we have a pandemic of a virus that can wipe humanity out, but there seems to be a lack of solidarity on many countries to work in common of fighting this major enemy. Yeah, it is a bit of a is it is a bit of a, a, a paradox when you stop and think about the threats the virus poses to humanity, but yet. Um, the uh, response uh, from nations, particularly Western nations, in particular U.S. and U- the U.K., the response has been less than enthusiastic, and one begins to wonder why would that be. Perhaps there is some political calculations going on in terms of uh, the spread of the, the so-called coronavirus. I suspect one of the things is when you look around the world and you look in terms of those individuals particularly impacted by uh, COVID-19, they tend to be people of color, older people, uh um, you know, uh, and and uh, and uh, that, are, that are, those individuals tend to be more impacted by COVID nineteen than others. And so I begin to so you makes you wonder, you know, is this part of the, perhaps the political calculation that in fact if you allow the virus to continue, uh, then it means uh, uh, exponentially more people are going to die as a result, and particularly those people that you don't want or that you don't that you like to get rid of anyway. 
So clearly it's a problem because we got a country like China which says we're going to spend, we're going to donate $2 billion to the fight against COVID-19. And you contrast with a country like the United States which says that not only are we not going to spend money in terms of the fight of COVID-19, they have the audacity to actually even deny uh, the medical equipment needed to fight COVID-19. One has to believe that behind the scene there are some political calculations going on in terms of the resistance of these Western nations in particular, you know, to even combat, at least seek to combat uh, COVID-19. So I, I think it is, it is, it is ironic, Brother Africa, I think, but uh, nonetheless, I think that given the uh, point of history we're in, when we talk about the decline of capitalism, we talk about the uh, decline of Western economies, uh, clearly there's a sense of desperation. And so therefore, whatever strategy they can utilize in terms of prolonging, you know, what they perceive as their longevity, uh, they're going to do it. So I, I, I so I think that the, the, the irony is that you know uh, the the countries should be working together to eradicate this threat, but apparently those position in those leadership in the Western world position is that it doesn't constitute a threat. Why it doesn't constitute a threat? Someone guess, but I suspect that it has a lot to do in terms of political considerations, in terms of resistance toward trying to eradicate uh, COVID-19. You know, Brother Moses, I'm going to raise this phenomenon, and I'd like to get your response to it. It seems like we will have to do some deep soul searching as as individuals in terms of raising this question and answering this question historically. When you talk about being in solidarity, when you talk about being in unity, you talk about one or more things and harmony with one another. Well, that concept seemed to be in opposition to the interest and development of capitalism. How do you view solidarity and unity taking place under a capitalist system that directly opposed to that type of organizing, that type of relationship? Well, basically, we have to recognize that, um, you know, the the 1%, Versus the ninety nine percent, you know, the question is, uh, um, can we get into a situation where we have worker self management, worker self management, and uh, and then the question becomes, do we really need them taking all this money away, taking the money and run with it, or should we put that back into the into a new government. We need a socialist government first. We, all this is predicated on a revolutionary government, you know, because we need a, a alternative government. Uh, and uh, But, you know, the money would be used in the interest of the people. That's, you know, uh, um, I don't know. We, you know, it's, you know, it's, you're trying to reason with them, reason with them, uh, uh, it's very difficult to reason the reason with uh, with you know this anti-democratic, anti-socialist, anti-communist uh, philosophy and and practice, not just the philosophy, but the practice. And um, I'm just hoping that uh, we all can unite, because the people united will never be defeated. And you know, the Trump is just one person. It takes a, it takes a bunch of people following his orders in order for him to do what he wants to do. And so we got to recognize that 
and you know and know that um if you want to know how important you are you are there's a glass of water look at the glass of water stick your finger in the water take your finger out of the water and look at the water that's how important you are and so uh trump in terms of his influence his verbalism and his influence he can be liquidated um in terms of the power 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 but like um it's easier said than done but um it's possible thank you okay let's see if we can reach out to some of our brothers and sisters in the caribbean let's try this number see if we can reach out to our brother we're going to pause for a few minutes and while we're making this call to our brother we want you to think about this question and the question for today is when will the people get organized? When will the people get organized to make these realities come to existence? Alice, how do you see the possibilities of the brothers and sisters being organized to get the kind of solidarity that we need in order to have the kind of victory we have? Just give me a general response to that, Carla. Brother Anthony, your response to that. Yes. I think uh, there are certain conditions that have to be be met to bring about the organization that's necessary to bring about Pan-Africanism. One, uh, I think... uh, think, uh, uh, there has to be an intensification of uh, political education among uh, among the mass of our people, especially the women and youth. And once uh, once uh, the masses are politically educated to the point where their consciousness is raised, then it would be possible to create the organizations necessary to bring about Pan-Africanism. In terms of when this will occur, depends on how fast, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, this process occurs. And I think that's based upon uh, a combination of internal and external conditions. But it is going to be a protracted struggle because we're dealing with, uh, with relentless enemies. Okay, to the listening audience and those who have just joined us, we talk about the concept of solidarity and unity, what it means to you and how does it look and what it's going to take to get this. Is this the key to our success? Is this the key to have a better future for African people, all people? If you have any views or comment, we'd love to have your views on this by just hitting one, and we will acknowledge your last four number, just hitting one, and we will acknowledge your last four number. This is a special program. We test it out different ways in terms of how we can communicate with our people. So from time to time, we're going to be reaching out to our communities from different places around the world and trying to get that response. Um, Brother Moses, when we talk about this whole question of the values and the lack of solidarity, where do you place um, the difficulties of why we have we don't have more solidarity. Where you place the blame at, and how can we change this? Because I think that 
in unity, when people are in solidarity, all things are possible. So will you well, take let's, let's, Okay, let's get let's get clear clear vision uh, um about where we're going. You know, we the future is bright. The future is bright. In other words, the intelligence is gonna win out. Um and so, you know, we have to continue to organize, educate, and uh, show people some, you know, some values that emotionally and psychologically are stable. And uh, I think mental health is our only wealth, actually. You know, but that's another story. Um, uh, I try to take care of my mind. That's that's my first priority. Um, but like, uh, I think you know. Again, we need food for people, not for profit. I think that's a revolutionary demand. Uh, that's a really a revolutionary demand that people could could could, uh, could try the privatization of the food market. Uh, and uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of workers working. Uh, 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 I don't know. We it's 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 a lot of work that needs to be done. It's it's a struggle. It's a real real struggle. And uh, people who have a non-struggle attitude feel like things should just happen without without any uh, effort at all. And uh, it's, you know, we have to make things happen, and we have to have a clear vision of how things are going to develop today, tomorrow, and yesterday. How it developed, and look at the past and learn from the past, and uh, look to the future because the future is bright. And uh, we will learn if we just keep reading and studying, and not just I'm 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 a I'm a read, R E A D read read, um, and R E D too. But that's another story. Uh, I'm serious as a heart attack when it comes to fascism. Uh, but like um, we we need to apply ourselves to the the uh, studying not just books. We oppose book worship. I oppose book worship. I read a lot of books. And don't get me wrong, I like books, and I, there's a lot of indirect knowledge that comes from them. But I oppose book worship. I'm reading people. I got my mind on my people and my people on my mind. And so, you know, I ain't in the trick. I'm in the treating. I ain't in the treating every trick that I'm eating. So, but anyway, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going on in the world. And, uh, we just have to, we just have to continue to struggle. Bye. Uh, yes, yes, that's a little phrase you use. Okay, um, you listen to Africa on the Move uh, for our listening audience. If you'd like to share all your thoughts, just on the issue of solidarity and unity, here's the key. We'd like to hear your views and your thoughts. And if you do that, you can dial three two three six seven nine zero eight four one hit one, and we acknowledge your last number. Um, Brother Anthony, Brother Anthony, what do you think about what Brother Moses just stated? I think I I, I think there's a, a a lot of truth to it. We, it. You know, you have to combine uh, uh, theory and practice. It goes hand in hand. But uh, you know, but we need uh, to get into political organizations that are guided by a revolutionary ideology. And it's not and it's not all and it's not just uh in books. Books are a key though because that's where you find a lot of valuable historical material. 
uh, in which to to build upon. But the uh, but the thing uh, but the thing is though to uh, to have practice inform your theory and refine it as you go along, and that can only be achieved through permanent political organization. Mobilization is not sufficient. It's a start, but it's not sufficient. And uh, we and uh, and uh, we need per, uh, we need to belong in in, in in permanent organizations that are guided by a revolutionary ideology. Brother Haki, one of the things I'd like for you to articulate on is the correlation between solidarity and unity, and the development and creating a socialist society. They seem to be a harmony with each other, whereas when you talk about two concepts of society and unity and capitalism, they seem to be dialectically opposed to each other. Your response to that, Brother Haki, if you want solidarity, you want unity, wouldn't it be um, wise to fight for a system that would advocate such, such ideas of behavior? Yeah, well, <clears throat> first let, let me just say I, I appreciated uh, MC uh, Moses. That was uh, that was great. Uh, yeah, well, you know, um, you, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I think the confusion lies with the propaganda. Uh, clearly, you know, uh, you know, uh, capitalist society is organized around the whole notion that the more you can muddy the waters, the more you can confuse people, then the better off they are. So there's some inherent contradictions in terms of capitalism, in terms of, on one hand, talking about people's right to exist, but on the other hand, creating a system which makes it damn near impossible for people to exist, particularly along the class lines or racial lines. So clearly, uh, you know, if, if you're going to understand that in society, you know, there are certain contradictions which are um, not conducive to bringing out the best in human beings. If we can understand that certain societies uh, create policies and laws which are very destructive in nature, then you have to understand that in order to change that, then you have some have some, a conscious understanding in terms of you know those systems and how they adversely impact on humanity. So consciousness is a key in terms of understanding you know the problems that exist in society. So if you don't have any understanding in terms of the the, the problem that permeates society, then we can we can sum that up pretty much you know to the power of propaganda. So there's no question. In America, they do a very good job in terms of inverting logic. So you have a situation where people say that, well, in America, in the Western world, you have the uh, the, the uh, upside down is, is right side up, right side up is upside down. So you have this inverted logic that exists, you know, uh, and people are afraid of constant diet of this kind of uh, manipulation 24 hours a day. And so, therefore, they're not even understanding it in terms of, you know, trying to bring about a more harmonious, more just society, that you fundamentally have to be in a position to deconstruct what is fact, what, what you see. Uh, so without that fundamental understanding in terms of why this deconstru- deconstruction is, is important, then you tend to uh, give credence or you tend to support those systems which are oppressive. Now, this is not to say that I think it's important that we understand that the Western world does a very good job of enslaving people, denying them freedom by, uh, in, in, in a sort of way in which they actually think they're free. And so, therefore, without a consciousness, without an understanding in terms of, you know, uh, a, 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 a uh, organization or a system in place to challenge, you know, uh, this inverted logic, then we understand that people simply uh, tend to uh, uh, gravitate toward the BS that they receive in terms of propaganda. 
So I think that you're absolutely correct. I, I, I think the whole role in terms of socialism is to understand that fundamentally when you talk about systems, and by the way, you know, all you know, you have to have systems. I mean, there there's no way to get around that. Uh, you know, I I can appreciate the the anarchist view in terms of you know eradicating systems, but the bottom line is that anytime you have class, inevitably you're going to have a system. So therefore, we prefer to elevate the social system that says that you know human beings are important. That says that the planet Earth is important. That says that uh, people's access to resources are important. So we, but we only do that once we understand clearly, you know, uh, you know, that we live in a context of the Western world which seeks to confuse us in terms of precisely what's going on. So I think the key, to the extent that we we be successful in terms of organizing, it's going to depend on people's ability to see the necessity, and secondly, uh, to be in a position uh, to want to move forward in terms of challenging those inequities that exist in the society. Okay, panelists, you listen to a special edition of Africa on the Move. We're doing a test run to get ready for this weekend for African Liberation Day. We're going to talk a little more about that. When we come back, we're going to pause for this cause, and we'll be right back. This is Africa on the Move. Passport Rev, Malcolm on Twitter, featuring Napoleon the Legend. What if Martin had Twitter and all that civil rights talk, man, I wouldn't want to hear it. This integration been disintegrating. Better off in our own ghettos with our own situation. His last speech got him assassinated. Black business was booming. It wasn't just a consumer. Controlling our narrative. We have more marriages. And see what the damage did. They ain't that bad a bitch. And welfare did it's way worse than the slavery. I'll never be an agent. I don't care what they pay me. Seemed like Nip had the same old story. If we pay a black hater, tell a different allegory. Like Pearl Harbor and 9-11 was a mystery. Supremacy will go the extent to keep their history alive. All I'm saying, if these leaders was alive, who be on the internet trying to divide? And use a hotel hustler, trying to fear people of that low vibe structure. Agree to disagree, and we ain't got to tear our own down. Argue in silence, or forever be our own down. All I want to say is that we're giving it away. Soul ain't for sale, and the devil is a fake. Argue with the silence, but don't let it seal our fate. Hide behind doors, but don't ever show our face. Because if mom had Twitter, Malcolm had Twitter. Be our own people do the trolling. Just be on ignorance and do the scolding. Where we going? Cause if mom had Twitter, then Malcolm had Twitter. It be our own people do the trolling. Just be on ignorance and do the scolding. Where we going? Sometimes the key to life you're looking for be right in front of you. Tried to show my man hidden colors, he said nothing new. I said, what if we've been lied to most of our freaking lives? Every year coming tonight, and you ain't speaking right, your arrogance precedes you. What if your faith did? I spoke to God on Wednesday, he said most of it's basic. Million dollar mindset to be flying, stay hungry. Hieroglyphic writing on walls you couldn't take from me. A man laid dead in the street today. I must have bumped my head and landed in. 1940 or something, I swear And all I have is love and joy to give I need to spread my wings I need to fly away I want to get 
high today Who got five on my little bundle of temporary Man, I wanna live long enough to be legendary Your statistics said by now that I'm gonna be dead and buried But when I heard your voice, it seems as if we met already And I'm march for our rights, that civil, the same purpose Two different tribes and we fighting the same person Could it be that our eyes was deceiving us? We had to have faith when nobody believed in us Cosmic companionship sustained me after my husband was assassinated and gave me the strength to make my contribution to carrying forward his unfinished work. A man laid dead in the street today. I must have bumped my head and landed in 1940 or something, I swear. And all I have is love and joy to give. I need to spread my wings. I need to fly away.
bring you back to a special edition of Africa on the Moon. We, we're discussing the concept of solidarity and unity. And we're going to have your opinion tonight on what it means to be in solidarity, what it means to be in unity, how the two differ or how the two are the same, and what are under the what can what what are the best conditions where we can allow these concepts and principles to exist and how do we apply it in our daily lives. And always we like to have your views, your comments, your perspective. And this is also a test run case because we are getting ready for a very important weekend this weekend as we continue to celebrate the institution of Africa Liberation Day. And we want to get you involved as well to support and celebrate this institution. And we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit more about the institution as we continue to try to reach out to to different people of our communities and get them to express their thoughts on this thing tonight. So right now we're going back to our participants tonight and panelists tonight. We bring in Brother Anthony, who has an organization that has a history of putting together, developing, and expanding the institution. Africa Liberation Day. Brother Anthony, for those who may not know anything about this institution, give us just a brief history of how it came into existence. Uh, certainly. Uh, Kwame Nkrumah, uh, the first uh, president of, of, of Ghana, um, uh, under uh, 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 under the the guidance of the Convention's People People's Party, organized the first conference of independent African states uh, in 1958. Uh, Ghana had obtained its indep- its independence from British capitalism. Uh, or, uh, or, uh, 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 approximately a year earlier in 1957 at the conclusion of the first conference of independent African states on April 15 1958 there was uh, there was a rally held uh, in the in the stadium where where, where, where this con- where this conference took place and uh that and that rally in celebration of uh, of the uh, of the conference was the first african freedom day and uh and uh, and the the, the 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 participants in that in, in that conference chose africa fifteenth uh of every year to mark the onward uh progress of the achievement of pan africanism uh, the 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 uh, a un, uh, one unified socialist Africa. Uh, that date was changed uh, to May 25th in 1963 at the conclusion of the first meeting of the uh, Organization of African Unity. 
and uh, it, it was changed to May 25th, and its name was changed to African Liberation Day. Uh, uh, again, continuing to mark the onward progress towards achieving uh, genuine liberation and uh, and uh, and uh, independence and unification. Okay, and uh, yeah, go ahead, brother. Finish your thought, and we can bring our sister in from Jamaica. Her brother in from Jamaica. Go ahead. Sure, certainly. Real briefly. Uh, the All African People's Revolutionary Party started organizing African Liberation Day commemorations in 1976, and uh, we've uh, done so every year ever since. Good, brother. Go ahead. Continue. Anyway. Um, the uh, African Liberation Day commemorations have been held uh, throughout the Af- African diaspora and on the African continent uh, throughout its uh, its uh, 62-year history. And this year, we're organizing African Liberation Day in conjunction with Palestine, not by day, 2020, uh, under the theme not yet Uhuru, not yet freedom, not yet liberation, in combat with women's and youth oppression, imperialism, colonialism, neocolonialism, settler colonialism, and Zionism worldwide. To find out more information about this program, please visit our website at www.a-aprp-gc.org. Okay, Brother Anthony, we're going to stop you right there. I think we have a sister from South Africa. Sister Aitu, welcome to Africa on the Move. Can you hear us? My sister, can you hear us from South Africa? We're trying to see. Um, bear with us. We have you on the line trying to merge in. Did you merge the call in, Brother Hackey? It's not merging. Can you hear him? Can you hear me talk, my sister? Okay, she can hear the background. She can't hear us. Hold on. Oh, we can hear it now. We can hear it now. Okay, go ahead. My sister, we can hear you now. Can you hear us? Can you hear us now? To the, to the phone. Hello? Bear with us, um, police audience. This is a new experiment. She can't hear. She can't hear through the board? She can't hear through the board, yeah, because you're on. She can't come through to the board. Hold on. All right, while we're waiting to try and get this um, technology straight, Brother Moses, you know, you have been to many African Liberation Days. What are some things that come to your mind when you have attended these events? Well, I'm down through the years. It's been interesting. Uh, um, it's always a revolutionary message, always knowledge being dispensed, always encouragement. Sure. You know. Um, okay. Go ahead, Brother Moses. 
There's always knowledge being dispensed, always a, a encouragement, a positive vibration. Yeah, you know, positive. You know, um, I'm, they say, what was Bob Marley was throwing down? Are you picking up now? But anyway, um, I, I have a, I just hope that things continue to develop and and grow, and uh, we need to grow. Uh, we don't need a decaying economy. We need a growth-oriented economy. Thank you. Okay, I think let's try again. Can we get Sister Ito? Is she in? Can she hear me, Sister Ito? Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, how are you doing, my sister? Welcome yes, to the Africa on the Move. Good, good, good. Welcome to the Africa on the Move. Yes. Sister, can you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the organization? We are talking tonight about being in solidarity and unity with our people. What does it mean to be in solidarity and unity with your people? Okay, thank you. Can you hear me now correctly from the yes, side? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can hear uh, you. All right. All right. Thank you again. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. You're speaking to Zetu uh, from the PAC. That is the Pan African Economy of Azania. Yes. Our our organization within, within the space of Africa we are for the liberation of the African of the African continent. Uh, we believe that uh, once the Africa is free, we will be able to have control of our resources as the indigenous people of Africa. Okay, my sister. In terms of right yes. now, this idea, um, what would you like to share with our people in terms of what is life like? in South Africa for African people in general. Okay. Uh, currently, as as things are in South Africa where I am, um, I would say that uh, Azania is not free because uh, our resources are not yet uh, are not yet under our our control as African people. We still live under the neo colonialist setup. Uh, whereby uh, African adjust uh, workers within their uh, spaces and premises, we doing the operations. Uh, so generally, we are not owning any means of production. So uh, according to me, I would say that uh, Azanian masses in South Africa are still are still late. But the difference now is that. Uh, within the, we we are in under the so-called VDPE, that is the the broad place, the broad uh, based like economic empowerment. Whereby, like in France, but then the resources of our, our country is not being owned directly by us as, as the indigenous uh, people of Azania within the spaces of South Africa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that many people don't realize, when you're talking about liberation and freedom, in order to be a free people, you must address the land question. What is your position on the yes. land question? Where are we at today? Yes, exactly. In order for us to free uh, to free the Africa, exactly, we need to have the ownership of land. And as things stand, uh, Africa is very 
uh, we are very far from achieving uh, that uh, primary objective because you, uh, Africa is not united as things are, and then unity is vital. And you, if we can record very well, we have something that to call like AU. Uh, AU is not doing any justice for for African countries because it is not addressing the primary objective of the that is the land question. So when we talk of land question, we talk of resources like the mineral resources, uh, your your oceans, your reserve lands, uh, the mining the the mining industry. So all of those resources are not yet in our control. So land is everything. So ours is not about that uh, the the title deeds, uh, the land, the land reforms, uh, but we talk of the land re- uh, re- repossession or land restoration to the African, uh, to the indigenous people of Africa. So when we talk of Africa, we talk of Africa in general. We don't uh, only talk of Africans in Azania or Africans in South Africa, but we include Africa within the continent. So. We are, not, we are very far from achieving like the primary objective that will make Africa free. That is the land question because we still under the neo-colonial setup, we still under the global imperialist setup. So uh, I would say that as African countries, we are not, uh, we are not far, or, or we are not yet uh, free because when we can call ourselves free, we need to have control or ownership of our land and resources. Mm. Okay, my sister, when we're talking about African unity, how does that fit in with African people who live and born outside of Africa? For example, many people want to know, many people would like to know, what is your perspective and view on Africans born in America? How do they fit in this equation in terms of trying to resolve the problems? that are going on inside of Zania and throughout Africa from your perspective. All right, thank you. When we talk of African unity, we talk of Africa uh, at large, Africa with the diaspora. So we, we, we include Africans uh, within like, uh, the spaces of America, the Africans within Europe, because we do know that uh, Africans were exploited and then Africans were made slaves uh, and Africans uh, find themselves there because of the slavery at that time. So we cannot talk of Africa without including Africa within the world because we do have Africans with this, uh, uh, the aforementioned countries I've mentioned now. So when we talk of African unity, we talk of Africans at large, Africans in, in inclusive, that is within, within the African continent and also within uh, the world, that is Africans through or within the diaspora. So our call is for unity of Africans, uh, then I believe that once Africa in general is united, then we'll be able to, like the champion, the land question, we'll be able to end the, the, the slavery because we we still do have uh, the slavery in, mo- in modern ways as we current time or at this juncture. So um, we cannot uh, talk of unity of Azania or unity of Angola or unity of Zimbabwe without talking of unity in, in general. That is a unity that will also include Africans within the diaspora. So Africans were in Europe, Africans were in America and so forth. 
Okay, my sister, I have some people on the phone who maybe like to make a question or comment to you. So we we'll start with you first, Brother Haki. No, I'm on the phone. Okay, let's go, Brother Anthony. Question or comment to our sister from the PAC yes. back home. Yes, what has been the impact of uh, neocolonialism on, uh, on on women in uh, in in in, in, in particular, and Africa in general? Uh, because uh, fr- uh, from we know that women face a triple oppression based upon uh, gender, class, and uh, ethnicity. So, could you talk uh, somewhat about that? How how what is the condition of women in Azania today versus uh, under settler colonialism? When, when when it was uh, when, before it got its nominal independence. Okay. All right. Can I chip in? Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead, sister. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, thank you for the question for the listeners. Uh, yes, uh, when you talk of um, the neo colon setup in Azania and include, like, the oppression of women within that space. That is a very uh, personal issue to me, as I am standing here as a woman uh, within the space of Azania. Uh, yes, I, I would say that, we, like, we as women, we still, like, experiences, like, some oppression uh, in the name of culture, because under the neo-colonial setup, we do have some cultural norms which are performed uh which are being performed in our, our spaces, uh, and then we 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 find like the the women oppression uh, is being experienced uh, at first hand. So nothing has been changed uh, generally. But then what I can just mention now is that if you can recall, if you can recall from the side uh, during the colonialist setup, now not the neo one, uh, the space of women yes were in the kitchen. Whereby women cannot only cannot on they cannot do anything uh, except doing like the the house chores that is cooking cleaning uh, doing the laundry at home so that is the women cannot work so at this point in time yes I could say that uh, things have have been they changed we do have found women uh, are working and then women taking like leadership. But that is not enough because we still, we still do experience that the oppression within our our workplaces. But we find that women can only like take the secretarial positions, the administration positions. They cannot take the ownership positions. They cannot be CEO. So uh, women are are so uh, underrated within Azania, uh, within uh, within uh, the neo Korean setup. So we still experience. Their oppression, and then when I talk about oppression, women were were oppressed uh, twice. Uh, we were oppressed because we are Africa, uh, we are Africans. We, uh, our land was taken from us, uh, yes, and also we were oppressed because we are women. There are some uh, practices or there are some rituals that we cannot perform as women. As things stand in Azania, uh, I think we have been uh, following the news. Uh, Azania was in use for 
gender-based violence, whereby like women were killed, children were killed, uh, were killed by by males. Uh, this is because of the of, of the oppression. That is, uh, this is because of the home bringing because our males were brought uh, with the notion that they're superior than men. So all that thing, all that thing, then now. Uh, emancipated from this uh, gender-based violence so by women who were killed. So, in a nutshell, nothing has been changed uh, with the women of oppression. Uh, women are still oppressed in Azania. Nothing has been changed at all. We're still facing such uh, oppression. And then we call up for women to stand up. We call up for women to demand their spaces. And then our spaces are to not man-hate, but is to affirm, uh, is to affirm our power to affirm our authority as women because we believe that um, in order for the true uh, revolution to succeed, uh, there must be women there. As Thomas Sankara uh, always mentioned that in his talk that uh, women uh, hold uh, the, the integral part of the, of the revolution so, and there is no true revolution without uh, women being involved in that. Thank you. Okay, we'll take one question from Brother Moses. One question or comment. Yeah, um, I just want to thank the sister. Um, you sound good and strong, and uh, I want to encourage you. Um, I I know that uh, um, we we face struggle today, but the future is bright, and uh, um, I want to. I was something I was wanting to say, but I, I was losing me right now. Um, okay, my sister, we're not going to hold you too long, but we would like for you to answer two quick questions. One is, as a political party of the Pan-African, the PAC Pan-African Congress, Azania, what separates the Pan-African Party, the Pan-African Party of Azania, of what separates the party from other parties who is trying to lead the African people in the area. Well, can you please rephrase the question? Yeah, what made PAC different from other political parties inside the geographic area of Azania? What made PAC okay. different from other political parties? Because there are people who okay. understand some aspect of the history, but don't know all the aspects. And we want to um, see how we can unite and support our brothers and sisters of Azania from the PAC, et cetera. Oh, okay, thank you. Oh, the PO, uh, the Pan-Africanism of Azania, that is the PAC, uh, first and foremost, uh, we, have, uh, we have our lovely uh, ideology, that is the Pan-Africanism. The Pan-Africanism describes firstly who is an African and then who is an Africanist. So uh, when we talk of Africa, what, what do we mean? So uh, as PAC of Azania in Azania, um, in Azania at this point in time as a country, we the only liberation movement that is still existing today to, uh, to answer to the problems of, uh, of African people. Yes, because you... If you can recall very well, uh, within the history, the history of the struggle, uh, and then where where PAC was formed, uh, PAC was formed because uh, forces at uh, the likes of the founder of the PAC, 
that is uh, uh, Mr. Robert Nangalisa Sobukwe, uh, was fed up with the oppression of Africans uh, within their, their, their indigenous country, so uh, was fed up of the colonialism. So um, the other parties then in Azania, uh, they are still in support of the colonialism. Hence, uh, you record me very well when I said that it's a neo colonialist setup because uh, they are still following uh, what uh, what uh, the the colonialism was doing. But it's just that nice, the face of a black man uh, against another black man. So PAC of Azania is adamant, uh, is adamant and is resolute on the liberation of Africans generally, not of Africans in Azania. As Dr. Kwame Nkrumah always uh, in his talk says that we don't talk of, of, of liberation, we don't talk of free Africa when we talk about Ghana, but, if, but we will be free when all Africa is free. Uh, that is African continent and Africa, and Africa in diaspora. So at this point in time, as the PAC of Azania, we are fighting tirelessly uh, for the liberation of the mankind, and we believe that uh, we cannot talk of any democracy. We, we cannot talk of any any independent uh, state without uh, the liberation of Africans within the African continent and then within the Africans in diaspora. So our fight is still on. We would like to encourage forces, uh, uh, comrades within Africa uh, to still to continue carrying the baton because uh, this is not yet Uhuru. We're still oppressing, like uh, we, are, we are still oppressed as Africans. And you will recall that Africa is very rich in resources, but you you, you ask yourself why the, uh, the continent that is rich with, with the resources but is the most uh, continent that is oppressed. What is the problem? So the problem is African unity. We need to be united, we need to support each other so that, like, the call for liberation can be a success. Okay, my sister, you got two minutes. I'd like for you to say something or address the African people in the diaspora. What, what is it that you would like to say to them in terms of how can they help and support the PAC? All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for the time uh, that is uh, being offered to me. What I would like to, to encourage with Africans, uh, Africans within the continent, Africans in the diaspora, it's for us to continue to take the burden. It's for us to realize that our fight is not over. And then we need, we need uh, to have the love of Africa. We need, to, we need to live, we need to dream, we need to breathe Africa. And in order for Africa to be liberated, it needs uh, all of us to, like, to fight. And then uh, the land question remains the, the fundamental and the, and the vital aspect for, for Africans. But the only thing that, that is going to unite us as Africa is, the, is, the, is only the Pan-Africanism. If we can live and apply to Pan-Africanism norms, Pan-Africanism values as Africans, and then uh, unity is vital. Uh, if I can just quote from the aims, and objective of the PAC, the very, the very first aim of our objective is to rally and unite Africans under one banner, that is the banner of Pan-Africanism. So on my side uh, and on behalf of the PAC of Azania, we call for unity uh, within the African countries. We 
We also call to raise the consciousness and not to relax under the so-called neo-colonialist setup whereby we see the black men running the streams uh, uh, and running the country whereby we know who is the master, who is the master of, of, of this operation, who holds the keys. Because we know that the white man is still there, the white man is running the country, uh, and also we're still facing the oppression as African as African countries. Nothing has been changed, especially in Azania. Nothing has been changed uh, since 1994. We still experience the same treatment that our, our forefathers have been experiencing uh, before 1994 for the so-called uh, freedom in Azania. So nothing has been achieved as in far as in the land question. And in order for us to be united, we, need to, we are going to unite under the scientific socialism. Whereby once we have land, we, go, we need to nationalize the land and then redistribute our land equality to the indigenous and to, uh, to the indigenous African owners of, of Africa and in diaspora, of course. Please. And quickly, sister, less than one minute, how can they contact your organization to find out more information? Okay, oh, thank you. We, we, you can connect the page of Azania on the, that is the Pan-African Congress of Azania at admin uh, dot org, that is dot org dot z-a. And Sister Ziva, And then you can, okay. Of the Pan-African Congress of Azania, we thank you for your contribution, and we definitely be looking forward to hearing you this Saturday where you participate on African Liberation Day under the banner of the APIPJC. So we're looking forward to hearing you Saturday. We have love to our brothers and sisters back home. And Africa will win. We thank you. At this All point right, in time, we're going to take, well. time, we take a quick station break, and when we come back, we have our final thoughts. You listen to Africa on the move. Cause if your friction high, high. 
of African Liberation Day uh, slash Palestine not by day 2020 can visit our website at www.a-aprp-gc.org or call us at 202-246-4896 for more information and they can tune in uh, by calling uh, 323-679-0841 or, uh, or listening on the computer through uh, com slash africa dash on dash the dash move. And... Uh, Activities on the 22nd and the 23rd. Get a time period. Certainly. On the 22nd, our activities start at 7 p.m. and at 10 p.m. And on Saturday, May 23rd, uh, starts at uh, 12 p.m. through 3 p.m., uh, both Eastern Standard Time zones. And again, listen, audience, you hear this, please visit that website and get the information. It's a powerful weekend by the AAPRPGC. Go to the website. Website, one more time, Brother Anthony, is what? www.a-aprp-gc.org. And Brother Moses, your final thoughts for the night is? All right. Let's say justice delayed is justice denied. You know, the move people, they were bombed, and that was justice delayed. And they still, you know, this, the legacy goes on. And so I'm saying, like, um, you know, this also just on, the, on a personal note, on a very personal note, for revolutionaries, that is, uh, 
I'm talking to revolutionaries now. We we can't get into this situation where we're into this love them and leave them fast kind of mentality and uh, leaving babies all over the place and uh, and uh, thinking it's revolutionary. Um, we have to uh, be committed to our children and raising them, teaching them, and helping them develop into revolutionaries. Stone Cold Revolutionaries guided by great feelings of love for the people. And I'm not just talking about abstract people. I'm talking about real people. And so I'll leave it with that. Thank you. We'd like to thank all our participants. We'd like to thank our listening audience. And, of course, we'd like to thank our sisters from the PEC for sharing such powerful information. And we'd like to remind you, please, on the 22nd of 7-10, join the station as we celebrate African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, and as well as on the 23rd. Please check their website out by the APIPTC. And remember, without information you cannot think, and without organization you cannot think clearly, join a organization that is doing something to alleviate the suffering of your people and humanity. Remember, through solitary unity, all things are possible. We look forward to seeing you on a special program on the 22nd, 23rd this week as the weekend of Africa Liberation Day, Palestine Day. Let's move to go forward our backwards novel and we will add equal rights and justice as well.
Down in Angola, 